Are you ready to manage your work and personal world better to live a fulfilling, productive life? Then you've come to the right place. Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity. Here are your hosts, Ray Sidney Smith and Augusto Pinaud with Francis Wade and Art Gelwix. Welcome back, everybody, to Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things personal productivity. I'm Ray Sidney Smith. And I'm Augusto Pinaud. Francis Wade. And I'm Mark Gelwix. Welcome, gentlemen, and welcome to our listeners to this episode of Productivity Cast. Today, we're going to be diving into a topic that is near and dear to my heart, but I think is also really important for people to recognize as a fundamental component of personal productivity systems that I think is often lost in the world of just organizing your systems for action. And that is tags, the concept of using taxonomy to be able to be more productive. And this was a topic actually brought up by Art Gelwix. And so I'm going to hand it over to you, Art. We were talking about in one of the previous episodes, we were talking about organizing notes and specifically recalling content from notes. And that always raises the specter of tagging. So I thought it would be worthwhile having talked about this in the past for us to dedicate some time to this actual topic in and of itself, separate from applications right now, separate from systems and implementations, but really what tagging means, what it means within the context of our personal and professional systems, information management for ourselves. And also as we start to really get into it, how this helps us improve our organization beyond some of the alternatives, things like folder structures and that sort. Um, there's, you'll hear classically that, you know, tagging is better than folders. Use tagging, don't use folders. Use tagging, don't use folders. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that in all cases. And I think that's where we need to start to dig into this because there are so many variants of tagging, so many conceptual pieces that I think it's hard for people to really get their hands around as a starting place, but also to give it the extended life it needs for it to make a difference. I know a lot of people, including myself, have implemented different methods of tagging numerous times. Well, if you're implementing it numerous times, it means that numerous times it's not working right. So I wanted to see if you guys could help, help me frame it up for the listeners as to what we think tagging is truly beyond just the Wikipedia definition and also how it can start to help people out. I think, first of all, we're, there's different objects that can be tagged to our benefit. There's digital objects, which you have mentioned. There's physical objects and psychological objects. Maybe there's others that I haven't thought of, but... In any case, the, the reason we tag is to, for me, it's like adding a handle to a suitcase. When you add the handle to the suitcase, you don't have to pick up the whole suitcase in its entirety. You could just use the handle. So it's a way of manipulating the object using a small kind of, a, not substitute, but a small attribute of the object. So if you're manipulate, manipulating the, the attribute, then you don't have to manipulate the entire thing. And that makes it very handy or useful for us to get different things done. So a, a tag is always a bit of a manipulative shortcut. It allows us to manage lots of stuff, but only using some small attribute. So we're looking to get leverage the way you'd use a handle on a suitcase. 
that's my theory. Yeah, I agree with that in in, in large part. My thoughts on ta taxonomy is wide and varied, right? So if we think about taxonomy as just the categorization of a set, then we can go then deeper when we start to think about it from a personal productivity perspective, which is, as Francis noted, we are applying how we apply metadata in a website, you know, for search engine optimization purposes, we can think about the application of new data on top of the original set of data. So the items in our productivity systems, whether they be projects, actions, events, or otherwise, documents, you name it, the idea is that we're applying data that is not the object itself to the object so that we're able to better contextualize and also better able to sort or filter those things in our systems. And we lose something when we don't do that. I feel like many times people set up systems and they actually lose capabilities because they don't take advantage of that in the systems. And one of the things I really abhor is when I come across a tool that doesn't give me the capability of doing that kind of tagging. Now, there are some that I have cobbled together and have worked for me. So for example, I've been a, a Google Calendar user for many years and I use tagging in that system, but I've cobbled that together because I've had to use the search feature in order to be able to tag things because it's not it doesn't have an inherent tagging capability. So there are these pieces in your world where you have to think through how are you going to use a taxonomy to be best able to help you versus just I could have many different calendars, right? That's one option. And you can think about those as folders in a Dropbox, OneDrive, Google Drive perspective. But the reality is, is that that is a container. Tags are applied data. They are a way for you to be able to look at things across many areas of your system, many organized areas of your system. And that's really where tags become more powerful, is when you're capable of understanding that. Now, tags actually serve two purposes for me. I consider them an applied data or a metadata perspective where I am connecting disparate parts together for purposes of context, but then they also help me connect other types of things for action. So one is really a reference type system, the other is an action type system. So we can use tags for, say, I have all of my recipes in a notebook in Evernote that is for the recipes that I have, right? And they're all contained in there. But now I want to slice and dice the different recipes in there to say pastry recipes, things that are you know baked goods and, and that kind of thing. So I could have a pastries tag, but I could also then have a lunch and dinner recipes tag. And now I can separate those two apart, right? So there's that function of being able to do that. Plus, I could have a family recipe that is in my family notebook, and I can also tag that pastries, and that tag now gets pulled in when I search for all of the things that are tagged pastries. So now I'm not limited to where I'm putting things because if I can just apply a little bit of data to it, I can now find that data faster. At the same stage, I could have a notebook or a folder for projects and I can then identify a status to each of those resident projects as say notes or documents. And now I can say, okay, which of these projects are in status two. And then I can search for those mm -hmm. just by virtue of that singular tag. And that's the kind of power that I think a lot of people don't take advantage of in their systems and really is 
I think, fundamental to you being able to be more productive? I think it goes to the, to some degree, with what Ray is talking about, the, the programmers who write software for digital objects. I, I, I think there's a, there's a way in which they don't go far enough in anticipating the user's needs. They don't think through all the use cases or they don't look for the unmet needs that the user is trying to fill. So they don't think as far as, okay, in order for me to meet that unmet need, I need to tag in the following way so that the user can have access to the information in the way they want it. I think that kind of proactive thinking is actually kind of rare. I agree with Ray that I use so many programs that if only they had implemented this capability, it would be so much more powerful. But they left it behind because I don't think they understood the user's needs. And I think that that applies across the board because if you're thinking of giving the users powerful capabilities, whether physical, digital, or psychological objects, you have to think through what they're going to do with the object and then ask the question, what's the and I'll put the word minimum in here, what are the minimum tags they need in order to manipulate the objects to fulfill their needs? That thinking is missing in all parts of the world. And I actually think people who are professional organizers who tend to dwell more in the physical world come in and fill that gap. They help people to tag and therefore sort and manipulate. But that kind of thinking I think is, is missing in product design in general, but specifically, I agree, I'm agreeing with Ray around the software. I would go further, and I would say that talking about kind of the psychological, mental, emotional components of, of tagging, people lack that also. And really, that's a, that's a skills development issue, right? Having the right mental, emotional, social skills to be able to say, this artifact, this mental, emotional artifact needs to be organized in my way, and also with emotional regulation. There's a lot that goes into this that if we start to think about, say, journaling, and effectively tagging and journaling, we can then do the reflective work to be able to sit back and say, okay, I have this issue and I wanna be able to apply some productive action toward it. How do you do that other than by, by looking at that data? And you can't do that if you're not somehow organizing that data in in a way and of course you know there's machine learning now and there's all kinds of ways but really in the in the core function what we are doing is we're pattern recognizing and we are capable of then learning from it only by virtue of tracking and then looking at it in this taxonomical perspective we are looking at it from what's the ontology between this action that was happening over here and my outburst over there <laughs> and if it happens often enough now we're capable of seeing those connections so i see this happening across many many different places not just from a, a physical perspective or digital perspective but there is this emotional and mental management component that can really help you so linkedin used to allow you to tag your contacts mm-hmm. and note and they took it away that levels of stupidity that 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 must have not to insult them but oh my god <clears throat> really the takeaway capability that I think so people many... were relying on. I know that no, no, you're left having to. You can't search for the kind well, of attributes that you. And so you're stuck. You're stuck with having to deal with manage all of your contacts as if they're pretty much all the same in in. And that's some respects. And ah, I want to revisit a couple of points with that. Um, I think you're hitting on a key problem, and that's so often that search is confused with tagging. 
that people feel that, oh, well, search can be a replacement for it. You don't need to create tags. You can just search on context. They don't work the same. You don't think the same. They don't act the same. So that's, that's a, to me, a non-starter conversation. Um, tagging, we have to go back to a basic part of it, which is it applies dimensionality to information. Um, whether it's physical objects, whether it's actual data, if you're applying descriptive content to data, the term's metadata, it's data about data. But really what you're doing is you're describing something in a way that is relevant for action. So if I think about something simple like a pencil, pencil could be, you know, whoever made the pencil, the color of the pencil, the hardness of the pencil, the color of the eraser. These are all ways that I may want to then be able to find something based on, I want a specific hardness of a black pencil. Great. I have tagged those physical items with that identifier. If it's a screwdriver, I need a flat blade screwdriver. I need a Phillips head screwdriver. Those are tags. They help you increase the understanding of that particular item to provide that dimensionality beyond what it exists. If it's data, it's the same premise, how we utilize. And this, I'm really going to show my age here. The old teaching trick that we used to use in, in comp sci classes to demonstrate to people about the concept of tagging was around punch cards. You take a card and you put multiple categories uh, at the top of the card, the color of the item, the age of the item, whatever. And then you would punch holes all the way through the top of the card. Everything else would have just regular holes. So the premise was you would slide a pencil through your stack of cards at say the, the color blue and then shake it. And anything where that had a color blue on the card, the cards would fall out of the deck and everything else would stay hanging on your pencil. That way you knew which ones matched that tag. It's a, it's a physical example, but it exactly applies to what we're talking about here of dimensional con context for this information. I think we get hung up a lot on What's the right tags? What are the right things to be putting in? And if, if anybody can give me a list of the right tags, I'd love to see it because I've never seen one. The tags, in my opinion, has three components that are important to remember. One, they are not necessarily permanent. You may have tags that you may use for a really long time, but that doesn't mean they may not change. The second, tags are something that are personal because tags really will come on how your brain thinks, organize, and look for stuff. That's when the tags are useful. You know, if you get, you know, if we think on that recipe before, okay, if I don't need pastries, I don't need a pastry stack. Okay? I'm not making one. Instead, mine may be, you know, comfort food, fast food, or, or food that you can cook quick. Okay, those were my, my will be my tags. But if you pass those to somebody else, that may or may not make any sense to the other person. So those two things are really important. And I think it's sometimes the, the third element is tags, a difference of other things can be combined or even in many cases should be combined. How you look for things when you think, you know, it's, it may not be work. Work may be too generic. It may be good to, to make an umbrella of tags under it, but it may not be a specific enough depending on the number of actions you have. What people look is exactly that. It's okay, what, what are the people who are being more effective 
active than what I feel I am right now are using stacks so they can make it work. That's the first issue you find on some of these tags. Tags are in general personal and depends on how you are going to look for that. So the question when you are going to make a tag is, okay, when the intelligence self is going to look at this, how is going to look for this? And when the not so intelligent self, it's going to look for this, how is going to try to recall it? And, and I tell people both perspectives are really, really important. How you're going to think on this thing that you're tagging when you're fresh, you know, full of mental power and everything else, but how you're going to look for this thing when you are tired, grumpy, because those two ways of thinking and look for stuff are completely, completely the opposite. And one of the issues with tagging is we tend to find them on one or the other. You know, we tag the thing when we were tired, so our intelligent self can't find it because it makes no sense. Or we do it when we were full mental power, and now our tired self is coming to this and saying, okay, this makes no sense. There's a human factor side to this that is... I think Ray, Ray sort of hinted at the psychological, emotional. It, it's interesting because when I, I, I went looking, so I've been, I've been researching tags for psychological objects for five years or whatever. And there's nothing. There is zero. There is the only place you can find research on tagging is by computer scientists talking about digital objects. And even then, the conversation is extremely narrow. It's not getting into anything emotional. It's not getting into anything general because what we're looking for are general practices to which tagging can be applied, sort of general day-to-day -day life. And in the academic world anyway, as far as I can tell, the issue of tagging, the human factors side of it, it just falls right between the cracks. It doesn't belong to any discipline. Therefore, it belongs to none. Therefore, the only things that you can really find, and I just did a, not a Wikipedia search to make sure, they're really written by computer scientists, for computer scientists, and not really for the average person, but the average person needs, what we're talking about is what the average person needs to use on a daily basis. And that's where the knowledge, somebody needs to write a book. Think about it this way, though. If, if, and we get into the question of folders versus context versus tags. But if I take it back into a physical existence, we think about categorization of content. So if I have, maybe I have my old index cards or business cards. There's a great example. I have a stack of business cards from a conference. So we always have that thing. So you either start to go through and categorize those, or we used to have those things back in the day. We start to categorize those into sales contacts or technical contacts, or maybe by company or things that have relevance to ourselves and whoever else is going to be using it. Well, we do that because physically that's the easiest way to interact with that information because we can go grab the category and we've already got the subset. But if we think about it from the, the context of tagging or tag relevance, if you could flip over every business card and write in this special magical ink, each of these categories, like this is a technical contact, this is a financial contact, and then be able to wave a wand across of them. So everything for that business contact sticks to the wand. You've gotten the physical experience of tagging as per se. So psychologically, when we start to think about it, we just don't have a mechanism to wave that magic wand. 
we have to create mental buckets and operate from within those buckets. It has nothing to do with the metadata itself. It has to do with how we interact with it. And I think one of the things that we have to remember in context is we talk about tagging. Tagging itself is basically useless unless you utilize the tags. The more complex your tagging interaction becomes, the more definitive and refining it becomes, the more powerful it becomes. But that's the challenge is everybody seems to think I need to lay out this tag structure first. And you're absolutely right. When you were talking about this being, Augusto, talking about this being, you know, a personal and a transient type of thing, I made a note that it's more um, dynamic in creation. Its relevance grows as you start to apply these contexts in and then be able to go back into your tags and say, okay, give me everything for this project for this week that was a set of meeting minutes that included to-do items. Well, those could all be relevant tags, but what's that done? That's gotten me to the one piece of information that I can actually work with. So many technology systems now will say, well, just search for it. Search for what? What am I going to find in there? I don't know that there is that relevant marker, that hole in the punch card to allow me to do that search and tagging or context or however you want to name it. The application of metadata to our information is what makes that possible. But we have to accept that. And you're right, within software, they have to support that. I'll be honest, one of my favorite applications, OneNote drives me insane because its tagging is terrible absolutely horrific. I don't know where they came up with this backwards idea for how they handle tagging, but it's, it's just a train wreck. So to me, it significantly hampers the use of that particular application. And you're right. This is something that is an informational piece that people should take into recognition. If they're going to use a system, I'll go to the analog side. If I've got notebooks, tagging can be very useful with paper notebooks where the problem is, is how do I access the tags? How do I go through and do, do my punch card on an analog tool? Tags really lend themselves to the digital experience. Fine. Then work with it that way. It makes me wonder if tagging isn't the part of the solution to information overload, but also physical overwhelm or, or having too much stuff in your home. You know, what, what personal organizers do, if tagging isn't an essential operational activity to filter all of the stuff, physical, psychological, and digital stuff coming into our lives. And of course, we're not taught to tag, but imagine if we were taught to tag as teenagers in anticipation of having to deal with uh, volumes of everything in life. I wonder what mm -hmm. difference that would make, you know? It's challenging because we have tagging. We've gotten away from it in, a, in an analog space. If you think about going back to the library and pulling out the card catalog and the Dewey Decimal System, it's a tagging reference that has an, a mechanical, for lack of a better term, mechanism to drive your interaction with those tags. So I want to find a book about butterflies that was written by a European author. It's going to give me a way to go get that physical asset. But I think, again, this is one of those challenges. We think about digital space and digital clutter. Yeah, but it doesn't really exist. So is it actually clutter or is it just immediacy of relevancy? I may want to have access to everything 
I've ever known, ever seen, ever interacted with. But there's no way that I can have that access at any given time. I need to be able to go dig into it. Um, I shared an article with, with you guys earlier about Zettelkasten and the application uh, workflowy and they use how they use tags within that structure. Those concepts, knowing that I will never retain everything I've ever seen, but I still may be want to, I may want to be able to access it. Tagging and metadata is the only way that's possible. Even in search, I wouldn't even remember what to search, but to be able to start to see those nuances and those relationships. And, and I think that's really the key. When you start to look at this data, it's not so much getting back the 47 things that you tagged as this project's meeting minutes, but being able to see the relationships between those in a relevant filtered set and say, okay, now that I look through these, I can see where this train of thought started to go, or I can see where we started to have the challenges. That gives us something that we can't get through other informational st structures, which is an opportunity for our minds to do the, the thing that computers will never do, that contextual relationship and finding things outside the zeros and the ones and be able to jump to the next leap in the, in the concept. So, so if we, if we want to consider this just on a, a couple of points, one is what you're talking about really, Art, is the concept of whether or not you organically start tagging or whether you manufacture a tagging system. And I always say to folks that they have two options. They can just bring a little bit of awareness. This is what I talk about always with regard to getting more done, is that if you want to really get more done, bring awareness to these faculties that are necessary for you to be more productive. And one of those awarenesses is, are you already using tags? The answer is yes. You just aren't surfacing them in your world. You are applying all kinds of data to things that you don't you don't bring awareness to, and therefore you can't formalize in your system. So this idea of are are you aware of what you are uh, working with, and if you bring more awareness to it, then you can apply that metadata. And so then you might take your system of choice and just start applying kind of ran not randomly but applying your tags to the system and over time you will see that you gravitate toward using certain terms and not to get too far into the academic weeds here but there is there are hypernyms and hyponyms and when we think about language and structure hypernyms are basically the specific tags you would use underneath a grouping and then hyponyms are the category of that grouping. So say, for example, you take blue, red, orange, and those are colors. Colors are the hyponym. Hypernyms are the three individual items. And you can use both of those tags. For example, you might decide that the organizing structure, that is the hyponym, colors, could be the folder. And then the items that are the hypernyms then become the tags, right? We have the ability to then slice and dice on that level. Can I say just a couple of things completely out of context for anybody who, who listens to this show regularly, you should understand a couple of things. One, I love this show for the fact that there is not once that I do not come away from it without learning something. And, and somebody who lives in this space, I learn something every time. The second is if you could have seen the live camera feed when Ray started talking about Alanims and whatever, and both Francis and my eyebrows went straight up. It's like, what is this? This is, the, this is what this show is all about, people. Just say. You're totally right, Ray. I mean, I, I just, 
I think people struggle so much with that starting place. Maybe this is why GTD is has such legs under it, is it provides at least a jump start into this. I don't know where to begin. Great. We'll start with context. And here's your context and use these. But is this not also where people then fall off the cliff quickly because they they don't know how to make that their own? And just second, Augusto brought up something earlier about this being personal. Tagging with a group, I think, is a whole different conversation, like a project team. Now you get a whole different ball of wax because not every, you have to agree on a common taxonomy and then apply it equally and then monitor it and make sure it's being applied. These are all really complicated challenges. Absolutely. And so, so back to my, my point about hypernyms, hyponyms, is the idea that once we have created an organizing structure, then we can choose our tagging structure. And so often than not, what happens is we get kind of flummoxed in this idea, as you talked about art, like, how do you get started? The idea is just to surface to awareness what you're already doing. You're, you're already doing it internally. Now we're just bringing it external. And it doesn't matter whether it's digital or physical. Really what we're trying to do is applying those in the external world what is happening in our internal worlds. And so you might choose the tagging facility within your software, or you might choose to do something like we've done since the age of Gutenberg or before the age of Gutenberg, which is we have tables of contents in books, and then we have indices or indexes in the end of those books. Those are our organizing structure and our taxonomical structure. We use this function for being able to do two different things. One is, what's a bucket of information that I wanna be able to see in one place? And that's an organizing structure for narrative as well as for understanding what this bucket of information holds. Uh, there are maybe 3,000, 4,000 words in this bucket called, we call it a chapter, I suppose, in a book, right? Uh, but if I want to look for all of the things that mention the word blue, I'm going to now go to the index, and it's going to tell me on page 36, 79, uh, you know, 123, this is where the word blue references. We can use this same function and apply it to our own productivity system, and we don't have to do it all you know, for everything retrospective, we can just start going forward and uh, making that applied data happen. And as we surface or come across that data again in our systems, then we can add to our uh, taxonomical structure, right? You go, okay, you know what? I'm looking for blue. And you, and then you do the hard work of going back and, and searching the entire system of yours, whether that be paper or digital, for blue. And when you find them, you say, you know what, since I've done this work once, let me go ahead and just note where they are in my physical or digital system going forward. So that means tagging those items now for the future reference. The bullet journal effectively uses this concept mm -hmm. uh, to great uh, extent uh, and to great effect. And we have lots of examples of how we use this. This is a, a tool where we can start with templates. You know, many people ask me, Raymond, what are your various horizons of focus? What are your areas of focus and accountability? Where, what are, what, how do you label them? And I always say to them, here goes the template. This is what I do. Uh, but now go make it yours. And I think that helps jumpstart for a lot of people. That's why David Allen in, in Getting Things Done provides the the context lists that he does because those are the ones he sees people most often use. Uh, I know that as soon as I saw them, I thought, 
I need to update this to be mine. These don't fit me. And that's that's great. That's because I wasn't a high-level executive in some, you know, <laughs> Fortune 1000 company uh, paying David Allen, you know, a high-dollar rate for coaching. I just wasn't that person, so I didn't need those contexts. That totally makes sense and is not wrong. It's just we need to make it our own. We need to make it work for us. That means our work style, our organizational structure in terms of our teams, and our own personal structure in terms of our systems. So I think, you know, it's, it just all of those things need to come together so we can better understand what tags are in our world and how they're going to work in our world. Because you may decide that I only want tagging for reference, not for action. And therefore, they shouldn't ever touch my action system. Or mm -hmm. I may decide that I only want them for action and I don't want them to touch my reference system because I always want to bucket everything very clearly, clear defined lines between those buckets of data. And that's understandable. Everybody has kind of a different way of, of organizing. But you also then have to think about how language, and this is why I bring up the hypernym and hyponym conversation comes up because language comes into play here. And we need to think about the words we use, which is if you're using a word over and over again that is an abstraction of something just like a tag is an abstraction of those of that mm -hmm. of that word as well and so we need to think about the abstraction of of data and how we feel as it relates to that thing and what that relationship is once we start understanding the relationships of those things then we can start to identify you know what when i make phone calls i call that phoning a friend i don't say calling a friend so when i write my actions if I write phone at the beginning of every task that's phoning a friend, phone Bill, phone Susan, phone Jack, that's going to give me, in essence, a tag to then search for throughout my system, right? We've not mm -hmm. even, we've not used anything else other than language to be able to bring those people together. Now, we could also use colors. When we were talking about, you know, colors before, you can use physical stickers on folders and just put physical stickers. There needs to be no language needed to then apply a taxonomy to the folders that you have in your standing, uh, you know, file folder system. You just now know everything that's blue is related to, you know, family. Everything that's green is related to money, and so on and so forth. We can create this level of taxonomy and connect those together. By the way, I the the way that I actually have connected Google Calendar to the rest of my text you know, taxonomical structure is through color. Since Google Calendar gives me the ability to color calendars, I have decided to create multiple calendars and apply calendar event colors. So you can have two, you can have a calendar color and event color. I've used those two structures to give me the variety of tags, the number of tags I need in my system to match up to the colors that are actually word represented in my taxonomical system. So now I can see that if this is that color and it also contains this other color in Google Calendar, I know what it's related to in my system because I have a legend with the colors identified. And that's the that's the kind of flexibility and kind of fun of being able to bring these pieces together that otherwise you might feel uh, limited in doing. Just to provide a purely practical reference as to how this can be done. Um, in my show notes for today, I just added a tag called productivity terms, and I've got hyponyms, hypernym as the terms that have been tagged that way, but I also added a tag to define. So what I'm going to do is I'll go back later and I'll say, give me all the terms that need to be defined. I'll plug the definitions in and then I'll remove the to, de to be defined tag. 
And now I'll have a way to go back and say, give me all productivity terms just to provide some relevant context. Before I did that, that tag did not exist. So being able to create tags on the fly is a critical part of this entire thing that we're talking about. I'm not saying use my tags. I'm not saying use anybody else's tags. I'm saying when you find something and you need to label it, label it. And then sometimes, as Augusto said, those labels can be transitive. I mean, they don't have to, or transient. They don't have to continue to exist past their action. Um, but Ray, you're absolutely right. Sometimes it's not necessarily connected to having an action. It is purely for reference. Uh, if I think about, and I don't want to dig into the tools, but Todoist has a great tagging methodology that's defined into it. It's a little cumbersome to interact with, but it helps me frame up how I want to pull that information back to my, you know, my RAM state out of the hard drive storage. So all these tag systems, you know, and I agree with Ray, I use colors that at the end of the day are tags. I can look at my calendar without even look at the detail and based it on the coloring, I know what, what are they tag of? They are not all the same color. There are different colors and, and each one of those belong to a different tag. Same on my system, same on, on many things. But one of the things that I want to, to, to reinforce as critical is, are these tags really what you look, you know, as you were saying, or, okay, when I look for the definitions, this is what I do, and then I change the tag. This is really important to look as you build this tag system, what you use when you are on the top of your performance and when you are on the bottom of your performance. Because if you can set those two points, you will be able to find stuff. One of the common things I found when I'm doing coaching is people tag things or create those tags at the top of their performance and then cannot find it when they're not there or at the bottom to increase the possibilities that you will find it. All right, so as we come to the latter part of our conversation, what I wanted us to do was to talk a little bit about how someone can apply tags in their world. And we're gonna come back to this conversation in our, our next, in next week, we're gonna come back to this conversation and really talk about applying tags in how we use tags in our own system. We're gonna deep dive there. We're gonna talk about uh, organizational tagging, really this whole concept of can we use it in organizing documents and so on and so forth, or can we use it in a in an action-based system? And obviously the answer is yes, and we're gonna talk about that and, and so on and so forth. But I wanted to talk about just kind of how folks can jump into tags today. What's one thing that folks can do to try tagging, kind of dip their toe in the water of the tagging world? I actually think they should pick a part of their life where they are experiencing some degree of stress. I, I, don't, I, I, don't think, I don't think tagging, due to the overhead that's required to do tagging well, is something you just apply everywhere for the heck of it because you got some spare time. I, th I think you're looking for the areas of your life where you're having a problem, a challenge. And it could be as simple as tagging the items in your garage. And if your garage looks like a, you know, like a bomb hit it, that there's stuff everywhere and there's no rhyme or reason. In order to organize it and to sort it and to really make it work, you really start need to start by tagging and saying, okay, over here is the workbench for the carpentry stuff. 
Over here are the supplies that the, the household needs. Over here is the sporting equipment. And you, you, you come up with, first you tag, you know, before you start organizing, and then you spend a moment and think, actually pause to think, okay, where, how do I tag what with what and why? So you're thinking through what you're going to do once everything is tagged, even before you start tagging, and then execute the strategy accordingly. So that's a, it, it, it's, it's different than, I think most people, when they go to organize a garage, will just be so pissed off that they just start throwing stuff away. You know, you just, that, that can work. It'll just take a lot longer. But if you can pause for a moment and say, what's my outcome and how, how will my tagging, or in other words, categorization of different objects, how will that play into where I want things to end up eventually? And if you ever help someone or you yourself done, done a, a complete clean out of a garage, you know that you can get to the end of it and be very satisfied that everything is in a sense of order and you have a sense of personal inner peace. So I would pick an area where you're really having a problem and then think about, okay, where do I, how do I want to end up and how will tagging help me to get there as quickly as possible? The way in which I see it is that if you have that garage that's kind of disorganized and cluttered and you want to be able to declutter it, the you might decide to use storage containers and then with those storage containers identify what is in each of those storage containers. For me, the tagging is identifying the objects that are like kind inside of the larger storage containers. So all of the Christmas lights and uh, and so on and so forth go into the Christmas storage containers, but I'm going to label now the storage container that holds all of the Christmas lights as Christmas lights, and that may also then have uh, different lights for different other seasons or different other applications. You know, maybe I have the work light that I use for you know putting in the in the garage when I need to work on the car. That work light is now going to also be put into a storage container and tagged with work lights, and now I have a separating structure for okay anything that's like flashlights and you know things that are for you know doing that kind of work is going to go into that work lights uh, container and these things that are for decorative purposes go into the decorative lights container and so now i've corrected myself as i've made my way through the thought process i go okay i've got different buckets of items that are all going into these storage containers the storage containers are the larger ecosystem how do i now apply information so that I always say this, like if my eight-year-old self or if I had to give someone uh, the job of, of finding something for me, how would I direct them to find that stuff, both in my physical world but also in my digital world? If I had to actually say to you, you know what, I need you to be able to look at this data and get some answer from it, how would I, how would I direct you to go find that? And first it's going to be a bucket, an organizing structure go here, do this thing. I give you my physical address, my home address. You come to my home address, you get into the front door, but then there's all of the minutia, right? Like make sure that when you walk in, uh, the dog's going to start barking. So you probably want to give him a treat <laughs> so that he, he shuts up and then you can go ahead to the next step, right? Um, these little fundamental smaller components are not just instructional. They're also then capable of organizing where things are. The drawers, the, the cubby holes, the labels on particular items are the helping portion forward, right? So giving instructions forward, it's like, okay, if you go to my desk, then open up the drawer and you're going to see the file 
file folder, the hanging file folders, this is the file folder structure, and this is how you're going to find the data inside of it. Those are the ways in which we can really help ourselves that if we're trying to give someone else instructions on how to find things, whether that be in a physical or digital space, we are now capable of saying, okay, well, if I were trying to find this thing consistently every time, directing someone to finding it consistently every time, this is how I would direct them to go find that. And then think, okay, if I can't do that, well, how can I apply some structure here to be able to give the, those instructions? And then that's where tags tend to take over because it's like, you know what? Actually, if I just tagged everything that was associated with this project, then I could say to them, yes, there's this larger notebook that I have or larger folder with all of this data. But if you just look for this tag, you will definitely find that tax year 20, you know, 21 uh, or tax year 2020 item. And you'll be able to find that document I'm looking for in a cinch. And that's the kind of helpful mechanism that I use, which is like, you're instructing someone else to find this. Now, how do you apply the structure to help them find it as opposed to yourself? Because many times we're more inclined to do something when we know we're going to help others than when we're going to help ourselves, but then ultimately it actually helps us too, which is uh, the, the whole point. That's a great context, Ray. I mean, <clears throat> being able to set something up, not so much for the help. I've, I've been thinking about it. How do I provide people access to my information if I'm not able to do it? You know, that something happens. You know, mortality is a thing right now. So how does my wife get access to all the information that I have and all the things that I've been, she counts on me to take care of organizationally for the house and for our kids and for our life. But if I can't explain it to her, how I've got this structured and where it is, and she'll never get into it. And I have to remember that context. And you're right. Tagging can be that bridge. She doesn't have to think like I have to think. She just has to be able to hit the right tags to get to that end result in the structure. So that's a great example. And I think one of the problems is unconsciously, most people tag everything miscellaneous, you know, and they, they don't necessarily take the time to look what is that tag. Therefore, for default, everything is tagged as miscellaneous. So, and, and again, there is no ill in this, is we have not stopped, slowed down to, to identify things like what you are describing. So right now, for for example, Art is putting for his wife, everything for her looks at your system as miscellaneous. So it is awful. She's not going to even try to touch it with a 10 pole unless she has no other option, in which case now she needs to deal with that massive tag. And that is where that tag gets so critical. Thank you, gentlemen. This has been a really fun conversation. I always enjoy talking about tags. It's funny because so few people use tags, and I really feel like the more we can bring this to people's attention, the more productive they can be because it just takes a little bit of effort, and then you have all of this uh, you know, post-growth that happens from being able to implement tags across many different areas of your life. And so while we are at the end of our discussion this week, the conversation, of course, uh, continues on in many places. One, if you have a question or a comment, you can head over to this particular cast's episode page on productivitycast.net. And if you just type in the three-digit episode number after productivitycast.net forward slash, you'll be taken there and you can leave a comment there. Uh, we also have a community inside of Personal Productivity Club. If you go 
to www.personalproductivity.club and join us there. You can then find the Productivity Cast channel, and uh, we have conversation going on there as well. You can feel free to ask questions and uh, post your thoughts about different shows there. Uh, if you've enjoyed spending time and listening with us today, it'd be great if you can help us out by leaving a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever podcast app you have that allows a rating or review uh, aspect. Of course, your compliments are um, welcome and they're useful and helpful to us in motivating us, but it also helps us grow our personal productivity listening community by letting the podcast gods know that we're putting out uh, quality content. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for those who have left reviews. They've been wonderful and really helpful for us to know how to uh, adapt and grow and all those other fun things. And we appreciate the feedback. So keep it coming. Uh, if you have a topic about personal productivity that you'd like us to discuss on a future cast, you can also visit productivitycast.net forward slash contact and you can leave us a voice recorded message or you can type us a message and I've actually recently implemented a form that you can complete if you just scroll down below the contact form page there's a there's a form embedded and you can uh, complete your question there and maybe we'll use that as a topic for a future episode or we'll do it in our mailbag episodes that we do sometimes uh, throughout the year uh, in the ask productivity cast shows so i want to express my thanks to augusta Pinaud, francis wade and art gelwicks for joining me here on productivity cast this week and every week you can learn more about them and their work by visiting productivitycast.net and just click on their names in the show or you can click on the about page and you'll find links to their work out there. I'm Ray Sidney Smith and on behalf of all of us here at Productivity Cast, here's to your productive life. That's it for this Productivity Cast, the weekly show about all things productivity with your hosts, Ray Sidney Smith and Augusto Pinaud with Francis Wade and Art Gelwicks.